Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. again. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. May is, among other things, Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we're going to spend some time this morning talking about our concerns related to mental health. Um, The passing of Naomi Judd has uh, highlighted this in the national conversation. And you know me, so you know that um, I am going to ask the question, where in the word are you today? And where in the word are you on this particular topic? My heart turns to Psalm 42, particularly when we talk about issues of um, of depression and despair. And when people feel like they have reached the end of their own rope or their own resources, Psalm 22 has been um, a ministry of God to me in the past. And so I'm going to offer up Psalm 42 as we begin our conversation today. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before you, God? My tears have been my food day and night. Others say to me all day long, where is your God? But I remember these things, and I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude and Walk with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and thanksgiving, a multitude celebrating a festival. But my soul now despairs. Why are you in despair, my soul? Why are you so restless within me? Wait for God, for I will again praise him. For the help of his presence is near. My soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you. I remember you from the land of the Jordan. I remember you from the peaks of Hermon. I remember you from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have passed over me. The Lord will send his goodness in the day. His song will be with me in the night. This is a prayer to the God of my life, and I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you in despair, my soul, and why are you so restless within me? Wait for God. I will wait for him. I will again praise him, for the help of his presence is near, my God. If you've ever struggled in despair, know this. You are not alone. You are not alone. God is very near, and others have walked in the despair 
you now endure. And we bear witness and testimony to the reality that there is hope. There is hope. Depression now affects one in every three U.S. adults. Um, We're going to talk about that reality, and we're going to talk about the spiritual resources we have to bring to bear upon it. Janita Pace joins us next. She is a counselor at Three Rivers Counseling in Minneapolis. She's the author of The Healing Names of Jesus. She's also an adjunct professor here at the University of Northwestern St. Paul. We'll be right back. Based on what I see, sometimes I start to question what you've said to me. But even through my doubt and fear, I have your promises. My mama loved you so much, and she appreciated your love for her. And I'm sorry that she couldn't hang on until today. I'm going to make this fast because my heart's broken. And I feel so blessed. And it's a very strange dynamic to be this broken and this blessed. So those are um, the Judds honoring their mom, um, Naomi Judd. Her story is truly improbable. Um, Her faith, real and her depression significant. Um, her mental health, health issues, um, she made them well known, and, um, and I think it's helping us surface the conversation here publicly today. Uh, Janita Pace joins us now. She is a counselor at Three Rivers Counseling in Minneapolis. She's the author of The Healing Names of Jesus, an adjunct professor here at the University of Northwestern St. Paul. Janita, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Um, Let's just start with um, removing any and all stigma there might be about talking, uh, you know, saying out loud, um, I need help. Um, Mental illness is real. Mental challenges exist. Um, Sort of remove the, the stigma, remove the fear of having this conversation with one another and in public. It's just so interesting when we read the scriptures about how broken even Jesus was, you know, he's called the man of sorrow, which if, you know, if I, if I thought God was coming to earth, I would picture him as, you know, joyful and happy. But I think Jesus really models to us that this world is hard to go through. And so we don't have to have any shame in coming to each other and admitting that um, it's really difficult to, to be in this world and live. And um, we need each other in order to get through things like depression and anxiety. So, you know, I go back to my own story because I had my own suicide attempt 20 years ago. And one of the main components of that was that I tried to hide my depression and do it myself. And you just can't do that. Mm. Well, first of all, thank you for your vulnerability and, um, and just being willing to to go there, why don't we um, why don't we talk a little bit about your story? You have shared it publicly, and so you know I feel comfortable inviting you to share it here. I also recognize that um, that is one of the things I need to be mindful of when I have these conversations with others. Just because someone shares their story um, with us does not mean we have permission to share their story with others. So thank you for sharing your story, and I invite you to share it here again. Oh, it's, it's an honor to share. You know, I went, uh, I went about 20 years without sharing it publicly and decided to, to share it because it's really God's story. And I'm just the main character in it. 20 years ago, I was in Bible college and my husband was a young pastor 
And I got hit with a really dark depression and I had never experienced mental illness before. And I was so ashamed and I just kept pushing myself to be okay. And I just thought if I read the Bible more and I pray, this will just go away. And it didn't. And I think there's a place in a time where the darkness gets so heavy, you become convinced that the world is better without you. And I came to that point where I believe that lie. And I actually was planning to attempt suicide while my husband was at work and he left for work and he forgot something and he came home and he found me attempting. And that was just the most broken day of our marriage. It was just, you know, I still look back at it and I think, wow, God, you, you rescued me, but you know, that didn't mean that it was an easy road. You know, I, I was admitted to a hospital and while I was in the hospital, I, I didn't know what to read. And I was just flipping through my Bible and I started reading Psalm 121, which is about how, you know, we can lift our eyes up and God is our rescuer. And when I got out of the hospital, I had a voicemail from um, a professor that I, at CIU where I was attending. And he said, Janita, I just felt like I needed to call and read you Psalm 121. Mm. And so that was, there's those moments where you just, you know, that God's in it, but you don't know where it's going. And so he wanted me to meet his wife who'd been through depression and I didn't really want to meet anybody, but she, Pat Bradley was just a huge encouragement, just reached me where I was at and kept telling me that God would use this. And I didn't really believe her at the time. And so she started mentoring me and in about two months into our mentorship, she, she died unexpectedly. And I was really angry with God for taking away my mentor. And I went for a walk to clear my head. And when I got to my mailbox, there was a card that she'd mailed um, the day she died, actually. And it just said, you're going to see God use this. And I wanted to write it down for you. And so, you know, I carried that card with me for many years. And I, I tucked that story back in my mind because I didn't know if people would, would listen to me as a therapist if they knew that was part of my story. But one day God just showed me, this story is about me, you know, this is about the incredible things that I can do with you and through you. And, and he can, I just want the listeners to know that if I can become a therapist and I can become an author and be in that dark place, there is no limit to what God can do. There's no mm. limit to the healing that he can give. Um, we just can't even imagine the depth of the healing he can provide. Mm. Janita, among other things, has written a book, The Healing Names of Jesus. It explores 31 names of God to help us deepen our understanding of who he is and find meaning in the midst of pain and renew our strength. So we're going to talk about the healing names of Jesus up next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Janita Pace has joined us, among other things. She is the author of a book, The Healing Names of Jesus. It begins this way. Janita says, I have prayed for you. We have never met, but I imagine that if you chose to read this book and come along this journey, depression and anxiety have affected you in some way. Depression and anxiety aren't experiences that everyone necessarily understands, But for those who do, these common enemies tend to draw people together. Um, She feels a special bond with each and every one of us who has experiences with anxiety and depression. 
Um, and the book, The Healing Names of Jesus, helps us find freedom from depression and anxiety. Um, Janita, take us into this experience of unpacking the healing names of Jesus and sort of how this works. It was such a healing process for me, and it's just so incredible to see how God taught me so much through this project. And so what I started finding when I when I went into school to be a therapist was that God's name is so multidimensional. He has so many metaphors and pictures that he can offer healing in so many different ways. And so each name goes through um, a story in the Bible or a metaphor that God's used to describe himself. And each of those names address a different element to combat depression. You know, depression gets us at our self-worth. It gets us at hope. It gets us believing that um, things will never change and that we are lost. And so God's names, what's so amazing is he's so big that he has so many different ways of addressing all of those elements. And so each name goes into different ways that God has presented himself as the savior from depression. Mm. Talk about the the very first name in the book, because the first name is really two names, the lamb and the shepherd. It was such an incredible contrast to see that God has been, he is both the leader of our faith, and he's also chosen to be the weakest member of our herd. And so when we struggle, he identifies what it's like to be the most vulnerable member of our community. I mean, when I researched sheep and lambs, it's just incredible. They have no defense system. These little lambs are completely um, at the mercy of the herd. And so incredible that Jesus, as our shepherd, chose to live that life so he could really understand us and really be able to um, communicate and connect with us on what it's like to be so vulnerable. So I really felt those names go together to show both his expertise in taking care of us and also his ability to understand how vulnerable we are. Mm. So, um, Janita, we have a text line here uh, on the show, and people listening know that they can text us during the show at 877-933-2484, and folks are doing that. Um, Jim is sharing his story of a colleague. He says, three years ago, a friend of mine from work um, killed himself just after he retired When I found out how he died, I recalled that he had said some things 30 years ago about suicide, and it suddenly clicked with me, and I wish I had picked up on those cues. Um, Talk with us about what to look for in terms of um, signals, signs, even in conversations. What should we look for, and then what should we do? Well, first of all, let me just say, I'm so sorry to him. What a hard loss. And I I really hope anyone listening who's lost someone that they don't take on the responsibility of that. Um, And as someone who's attempted, I I wouldn't have blamed my family or my husband or any of my friends. Some of the signs I think that are common is is that people that are are contemplating suicide, it usually is a process and they're going down a very dangerous road. Um, You might start to hear things like they feel so worthless that they aren't doing their part. Um, They may start to give away things, sell things that normally would be very valuable. Um, They they might tend to withdraw and hide, and you might have a hard time getting a hold of them. So as they isolate and as they go down this road, um, it's really important not to be afraid to push in and just say, hey, I really need to know what's going on. And they might resist. I I know I resisted, but it it takes um, persistence, loving persistence 
in order to um, take care of people who are who are going down the road of thinking that they're not worth it anymore. Mm. Again, we're talking with Janita Pace. We're talking um, about her book, but we're also talking about the general subject and topic of uh, of depression and anxiety and mental health. And um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. The book is The Healing Names of Jesus, Find Freedom from Depression and Anxiety. We have another listener, um, Katie, who's asking, do you think this book would be good to give to a non-believer who is dealing with depression? What do you think, Janita? It kind of depends on the stance of, of the person. I've had um, some non-believers who consider themselves spiritual read it and got um, a lot out of it. It does have a very spiritual focus. So if someone um, doesn't believe in God, then they probably won't find it helpful. But if someone has a curiosity about faith, um, they're interested in Jesus, this book was really designed at the end to have you fall in love with Jesus and trust him. So I've had people who have shared it with those who are curious about who Jesus is, and it allows them to really get a personal feel for him, not just um, an understanding of sort of the facts of who he is, but by the end, my hope is that you feel like you know him like a good friend. And so if you have someone who's questioning, I think this would be a great resource. I also think this is a really wonderful resource. If you're not a person who is struggling with depression or anxiety and you want to better understand people who are, mm-hmm. I mean, for it really, sure. it's, um, I mean, it's really helpful for that. I think this would be a wonderful book to do um, in community and conversation with others. Um, I mean, you actually express that in the introduction, like this would be a, a, a wonderful um, book around which to have conversations in community um, and the importance of not not allowing people who are depressed and uh, and where anxiety is dominating to then become more and more isolated right so this is a this could be a drawing out tool as well oh absolutely you know i was watching national graphic one night with my son and it was so insightful to see how predators work to get one away from the herd in order to pick it off and mm-hmm. i think that's just such an image of how satan works where he wants you isolated because if you're alone you don't have your fellow believers to tell you truth and to, to love you and protect you. Um, and there's actually a free downloadable group guide for people that want to do it as a group. It's on my website. Um, people can just download it, print it off and use it to, to do the study in um, a few weeks. I'm actually running a group right now for a group of girls that are teenagers. So I also have teenagers that have found this helpful. So yeah, I hope that churches and and just even lay people that want to meet in their homes and do this book together will find that it draws them together and helps them combat depression as a group. All right. So Janita Pace, uh, you can find her online, Three Rivers MN, that stands for Three Rivers, Minnesota, threeriversmn.com. She's also on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find uh, you can find her book. You know where to find the books. Uh, the Healing Names of Jesus find freedom from depression and anxiety. She's also an adjunct professor here at the University of Northwestern St. Paul. Janita, what um, what a delight. I hope you will um, come back and talk with us again. Thank you for having me, Carmen. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio.
write a legacy letter, if you were going to write a legacy letter, think about that for just a moment. What would your legacy letter include and to whom would you send it? So just think about that for just a moment. Regardless of your age and stage in life, as a believer in Christ, what if I told you that, you know, today, this week, this month, this year, you were to write a legacy letter. What would you include in a legacy letter and to whom would you send it? So toward the end of his life, I mean, as he like recognized that his, the end of his life was approaching, the Apostle Paul, um, he's in prison, he's aged, um, well, at least he's, you know, aged by the way the world treated him throughout um, the course of his ministry. Um, he's in prison. He recognizes that his final days are approaching. And he writes a legacy letter. And he writes it to Timothy. And then beyond Timothy, he writes it to future generations of disciples. You and me. So if you were going to write a legacy letter, what would you include in it? And to whom would you send it? And could you imagine that generations of people would then read it and rely upon it. You say to yourself, well, no, because I'm not the Apostle Paul, and I get that. But I want us to think seriously about the things that need to be said and the people to whom we need to say those things while we still have time. Dr. Michael Youssef is wildly well-known around the world for his ministry and his encouragement. Um, and he has written a book entitled Never Give Up. And it is um, based on and in Paul's legacy message for Timothy. And then that legacy message for you and I as well. Never give up. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, I will just unashamedly uh, tell you that Michael Youssef is one of my faves. Um, and so I'm thrilled to have him join us today. Doc, Dr. Michael Youssef, you can find him at Leading the Way, ltw.org. That stands for Leading the Way, ltw.org. If you've never visited him online, access there to um, his radio and television programming, access to his devotionals. Um, on and on and on. And we're going to talk with him today about his brand new book, Never Give Up. Dr. Yousef, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much for having me back, Carmen. Really appreciate Ab it. Absolutely. It's such a delight. Um, okay, so here's where I would like to start, because this is really a conversation um, about the encouragement that we receive as Christians to never give up, but it's encouragement first given um, or passed along from Paul to Timothy. So take us there. What's the relationship of Paul and Timothy? Sure. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a very special relationship. He is his son in the Lord, meaning he's not really his physical son, but he uh, led him to the Lord, had the privilege of leading him to the Lord. But he gives the credit also to his mom and his grandmother, because they're the ones who prepared his heart 
to uh, believe that the Messiah has come. When they prepared him from their Old Testament knowledge that the Messiah is coming, then Paul comes in and, and says the Messiah has come, and that's what he did, and so forth. Immediately, Timothy placed his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and obviously manifested some unique gifts, and, and Paul considered him to be a very, not just a, a protege, but uh, has, has great uh, admiration for the young man. But he also knew him well enough to know his strength and his weaknesses. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I, I remember clearly when um, one of my sons was applying at Oxford University in uh, biblical studies, and uh, the, the head man there is a friend of mine, and, and he said, I know you're his pastor, but also his dad. And uh, can you tell us about the strength and the weaknesses? And I was able to write with uh, truthfulness uh, what the weaknesses are, what the strengths are, this is true love and, uh, and and true fidelity to the Scripture. And that's what Paul basically realized, that he's about to die. My wife and I stood in that miserable dungeon in Rome. It's the most uh, uh, awful place. And that's where he was at the time, a hole in the wall and the ceiling, and no, nothing else. They have to uh, host him in and out from that hole in the ceiling. And he knew that the day is coming. It could be any moment now when his head will be chopped off and, and he goes to be with Jesus. And he was anxious in the good sense, not anxious like worried, but anxious to ensure that Timothy not uh, succumb to his timidity and his fear. And so he writes Second Timothy, we call it the second epistle to Timothy, as they say in the British uh, country to Timothy. Uh, but in order, this is his last, last words that he penned down. And he says some very, very important things. But I summarized really the message is in the title of the book, Never Give Up. And then he goes on, of course, to tell him how not to give up on the, in the gospel, how never to give up uh, in, to fear, uh, never g uh, give in to fear, and and to sh to guard the gospel with everything he has, and and then he says, entrust others to whom you will pass that gospel message to, so they can keep it unmolested, unmodified, and so that's a very powerful message, and I was burdened by it because at seventy three. I am very concerned uh, about what I am leaving behind. So I'm training younger uh, men and, and, uh, around my, on my team that uh, if the Lord takes me home any time, I have uh, good and godly young men who are trained. Any of them can step in the pulpit. And uh, so I am, I'm concerned about the next generation. I feel so, and this is truthfulness now, because I, I think the previous generation have not done a great job in passing, and that's why we have the issues and the problems we're having today. And so I felt compelled to urge my generation, A, to be faithful in passing and training and discipling the next generation, but also I have a message to the next generation and saying to them that you now are going to have the responsibility to guard that gospel and to hand it to the next generation, uh, unmolested and uncompromised. So uh, that's a very uh, important message for our day, as, as you're seeing from the news. My goodness gracious me, 
we seem to be every day that some pastor goes through called deconstruction, which really basically turned their back on the faith. And some mega church pastors are falling like flies. And so it, it, it's a very critical message for our time, for everybody, for lay leaders, for pastors, for young pastors, older pastors, for uh, 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 everybody, deacons, uh, uh, Bible te teachers, or just the average person in the church to mm -hmm. know the importance of passing on the message. Yeah, I think that when I think uh, when I think about the audience of for this book, never give up. Um, it's spiritual mothers and fathers. It's people yeah. like Paul in the lives of next generation believers, and yeah. how um, you know how Paul equips me as a spiritual mom, right? Yep. How how am I going to then? Um, encourage a next generation believer to never give up, never give up on the infallible word of God, never give yep. up on the faith, on the faith once delivered, um, yep. never give up. So we're talking with Dr. Michael Youssef. The book is Never Give Up. And yes, I do have some copies to give away. If you're saying to yourself, oh, that's the book I want, text the word book to 877-933-2484. We'll enter you in the drawing for the handful of copies we have to give away today. Um, Dr. Youssef, I, um, I think that when you make this observation about, uh, you know, maybe the generation that is now passing on, um, having not done a great job uh, discipling the next generation, I then look at next generation believers and I say to myself, well, there are some who yep. are really well equipped. And so I want to celebrate that and I want to highlight that. But I also, yeah, I'm like you. I look at the sober numbers, percentages yep. of believers in the culture, um, yeah. really small, small percentages of actual like people of, out of a biblical worldview and, and then training their children um, likewise. But you also have a global um, view of things that's just not confined here to the United States of America. And so I'm sure. wondering if you will reflect on that for a moment. Sure. I just actually returned. My wife and I have just returned from my, my 67th trip around the world <laughs> where mm. uh, I ministered in Australia, in uh, Dubai, and in um, in England, and uh, now back here. And we're about to do the same thing again. But uh, that has been a privilege and an honor and, uh, and and the greatest joy is for the Lord to even give me the, the, the health and the strength that I could keep doing this. Amen. Uh, because I, I am concerned also, not just uh, in one place. Of course, God has entrusted me primarily to the Church of the Apostles. So, uh, of course, before all of that was my family. <laughs> I used to tell the new members who are joining the church in the early days when I used to uh, do, do this. Now I have wonderful pastors who trained the new members I used to say to them, if I'm not a good pastor to my wife and children, then I'll never be a good pastor to you. And so I want you to know my, my first congregation is my family. And this is my second congregation. But then there's a third congregation, and that is the worldwide ministry that God has entrusted to me through Kingdom Sat, which is uh, in 195 million homes uh, in the Middle East and North Africa and in Europe and Australia. And in many other uh, places that God has placed us, we have a, a very strong presence in Australia, in England, in Canada, and so all of this uh, is 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 the responsibility that uh, somehow God thought that I could handle, or He could give me the strength to handle it. 
And so it, it, we've got to think uh, even beyond our. Uh, I think we can we can um, we can enlarge our vision, all of us. Um, and so just as uh, there are primary congregations, just like the Lord Jesus had three that are close to him, and then, of course, the 12, then 170. And so we can enlarge our circle of uh, impact uh, as God provides the opportunity. And I am so grateful, honored, privileged uh, to, be, to have all of this, but I have never taken my eyes off the fact that there is a primary congregation, there's a secondary congregation, and there is a tertiary congregation. Uh, and, and to me, the burden in my heart right now, I don't know how many years the Lord has given me, but whatever years He's given me, I want to make sure that the next generation uh, has got it and understand the vision of what it means to guard the gospel and the truth once delivered, not watered down, and we're seeing so much watering down right now is, is sometimes you can't even recognize the gospel in many of, of Omega Church uh, preachers. Uh, some are denying the Old Testament, and some are dumping uh, parts of the Bible, and some said, well, it's a smorgasbord. You can pick and choose. And so I'm saying, no, we got to pass the whole gospel uh, to the next generation. Yeah, the whole gospel for the whole world. We're going to continue yeah. our conversation with Dr. Michael Youssef um, in just a moment. I want to encourage you to check out the resources at Leading the Way. That's ltw.org. And we're also giving away copies today of his brand new book, Never Give Up. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Thrilled to be talking today with Dr. Michael Youssef. You can find him at the Ministry of Leading the Way, ltw.org. Lots of great resources there. We're talking today um, specifically highlighting his brand new book, Never Give Up. Um, it is uh, an exploration of Paul's final admonitions to Timothy in Second Timothy, um, but this also just a great encouragement to us as believers today. We have not been abandoned. God is present. Conviction is needed. Service is required. Um, no matter what comes our way, we must never give up. Dr. Youssef, I'd love for you to reflect for a moment um, on this idea that, you know, that God wants everybody. There's just nobody that God doesn't want. Um, because I think that we imagine that everybody already, you know, they've all heard the gospel, you know, they're all living here. They've all heard the gospel. It's not really our responsibility to go seek out those um, who do not yet love God. Hmm. Well, I mean, the very reason why the Apostle Paul was compelled to liken the church, uh, this is the local church, not not the universal elect of God. I'm talking about the local church, that he likened it to a human body. And when you think about it, when somebody says, I'm not really important, uh, uh, this is not place for me. I'm saying, look, this church is going to really go without a foot or a toe or a, a, a finger or, or a, an arm or uh, an eye. I mean, it's just, you, you have to think about it, it, it almost crudely that way to realize that my saying 
that I am not important. Number one, you're saying to God, who says that every member of the body, Ephesians said, when he ascended on high, he gave all he gave gifts to all men. So every believer has a gift, if not more than one. And so to 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 take yourself out of the out of the equation is that you're basically denying what God said, but also uh, you are uh, uh, sinning against the body that is operating without you because every gift, even if it's a multi, in, the, in the same gift, but its manifestation is different. Uh, somebody uh, can have a preaching gift, but they're slightly different from each other. My, my son preaches regularly here with me, and and uh, he is uniquely different. We both preach, so we're gift of preaching, but uh, and and we complement each other. So everybody has a gift, and it doesn't matter what it is. If it is ushering, if it is serving, if it is ministering, if it's administering, administering, uh, everybody has a gift, and therefore don't leave the body, local body of believers, uh, uh, limping because you have taken yourself out of that equation. We are a body, and the body. Everybody in the body is important. When you um, think about the phrase, never give up, can you mm. just walk us around in a few of the never give ups um, in, sure. in the book? Absolutely. Well, one of the, uh, you know, obviously I have to admit that uh, I am I, a great admirer of Winston Churchill. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have uh, followed everything, read, tried to read everything that I can. And that man was just, uh, and, and I remember the, the story of um, his speaking to his old high school after he became prime minister. And, and, and he gave the shortest speech known to man. He said, never give up, never, 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 never give up. So I, I kind of talked that and, and I went straight as I must have read Second Timothy, I don't know how many times as I read it and studied it sideways, upside down, um, I, I, I found that there are so many things here that are so relevant for our day. In fact, he does talk about in the last days so that he makes it by its context, he makes it relevant to us. And so, he, you know, he, he tells him, look, in discouraging times, don't be afraid. And um, and because fear is not from God, it's uh, enemy's tool to uh, render you ineffective for the kingdom. He's told him not to be ashamed, not to be ashamed of me, who's a prisoner, because I mean, just people probably were saying some things to him about Paul that he and, and he said, don't 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 fall for that. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of me. And then he goes on to say, look, be like the soldier, the farmer, the athlete. And, uh, and he gives illustration of each one of those that we can actually learn from each of those professions in our faithfulness and our not giving up on the truth of the gospel. And then he reminds him that we do have an enemy. And, and, and uh, there are so many people out in La La Land, they don't realize that there is an invisible war. And that invisible war taking place now, uh, good or bad, it's that war is no longer invisible. It's out in the open. Right. So we, right. we see it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do. I think that's one of the um I think that's actually one of the the gifts that you give us. Um you hmm. are not afraid to point directly to those things that other people, you know, might be reticent to point uh directly yeah. to. And I I just really, you know, I I'm a big fan. I really appreciate it. I want to say personally thank you for the encouragement you have been 
um, in my own walk of faith, uh, in my own, you know, efforts to to speak the truth in a culture of deep confusion. Yeah. You you love God and you love God so well and you speak yeah. of him so authentically. You clearly know him and that um, there is evidence of that in your life and in your ministry. And I, you know, because I have the opportunity right now, I just want to say thank you. Oh, thank you, Carmen. Well, I really think that's a that's a, the Lord's hand. And, and I am, as I said, I've always felt privileged and honored. And we have so many lies in our culture today with this walkism and racism and all that stuff is all manufactured. And as a man who was born in Africa, I thank God that I can speak freely, that here's an immigrant into this country can say things to the people who are born here, who um, easily terrified and afraid and they conform to the culture because they don't want to be accused. But these are all false accusations. And I'm reminding my congregation all the time. I said, don't fall for these false accusations. Let them call us every name in the book. Jesus said, blessed are you when they call you these names. So wear it as a badge of honor instead of cowering in a corner and said, oh my goodness, they're calling me this or they're calling me that. I said, great, wonderful. Let them call us any name they want to call us because we are serving the living God and he's the one who's going to see to it. It's like when he was telling Habakkuk and he said, look, a calamity is coming. You're asking for a revival, but calamity is coming. But remember in 2.4, Habakkuk 2.4, he said, the righteous shall live by faith. In other words, I'm going to take care of my remnant. I'm going to take care of my faithful people, regardless of what happens. So with that trust in the living God, we need every one of us to shake off fear and timidity and take a stand and say, we love you no matter what you call us, but we're always going to speak the truth. We're going to speak it in love, but we're going to speak it. Amen. Amen. Dr. Michael Youssef, thank you so much. The new book is Never Give Up. We do have some copies to give away today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. The book is Never Give Up. If you're listening to Mornings with Carmen, I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, the connection between those two conversations. Dr. Michael Youssef, um, you know, reminding us that we're blessed when they call us every name in the book, in the culture. And then just reach back and call on all the names of Jesus, right? That was our conversation with Janita Pace. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.